Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I'm here with Allison Woodley, and she's going to be talking all about breaking the unicorn syndrome. Stop trying to be unique. You already are. I cannot wait to dive into this topic today. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you with your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zelmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I've published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Allison Woodley, and she is a self-love coach, holistic health expert, two-time bodybuilding competitor, speaker, and award-winning author of the book, The Unicorn Syndrome. Stop trying to be unique. You already are. As the founder of Unique Code, a personalized wellness coaching program, she helps empower women to break free from comparison syndrome, self-doubt, and self-sabotage, and finally embrace their unique beauty from within. Her mission is to help guide women to reconnect with their bodies in a healthy and loving way to gain energy, clarity, and ultimately to take back control of their life so they can spend less time worrying about counting calories and more time doing the things they love. Welcome to the podcast, Allison. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. So thank you for having me. Yes. And I'm so excited about today's subject, you know, breaking the unicorn syndrome. Um, I just think this is such a timely topic and it it really kind of you know, spoke to me. Um, We really do try to like be unique and stand out, but if we're just, you know, truly our authentic self, we're so unique already. We don't have to try to be unique. So Allison, um, I'm going to kind of let you just kind of jump in and, and start sharing your story. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad this resonates because I just feel so passionate about sharing this message of breaking free from the unicorn syndrome, because it's something that I suffered from and that many of us, and especially women are dealing with and not even knowing it. So let me share with you what the unicorn syndrome is. And I'll get into that with first diving into a bit about my background. So taking back to the beginning, because it will really just help give light on the story of how we got to where I am today with having a book and this message. So for my journey, I grew up just being a very Uh, a child who was a picky eater. I loved sugar. I loved sweets. And I always had like a little extra weight on me. I think I carried that baby weight around for a while. But with that, I became very aware of my body at a very young age. I remember hearing children in school one day, the other girls talking about their weights. I think we were maybe nine or 10 years old. And Yeah, at such a young age. And I don't, no one said anything to me about my weight, but I remember hearing some of the weights of some of the other girls. They were like 
70 pounds or something. And I was like, Oh, I, I think I'm more than that. And I felt bad. Like no one had told me I should feel bad. I just all of a sudden just felt bad, felt self-conscious, felt like, Oh, why am I a little bit heavier? And that carried with me for into, you know, into high school years too. I started being very conscious of my weight and what I was eating. I started doing Weight Watchers, calorie counting at a very early age. And although I was fit and active, I honestly didn't have any reason to have these kind of negative feelings and thoughts, but it was already being in place around me and on me. And so I carried this with me also into university. And I think that's when things got to get, got really um, challenging. And that was when I was in university and I started yo-yo dieting a lot. So I was going up and down in trying to eat really healthy, trying to like over-exercise with spin classes and workout routines. And then I would try to also restrict what I was eating and try to limit my food. And that just made me hungry and hangry. Mm-hmm. And then I felt more uh, more guilt and shame around overeating on binge eating some food. And I just was in a cycle of this negative self-talk and negative belief in myself. And I constantly was looking at outside of me, women who looked like they had it all that looked like, looked like they were beautiful and loved their bodies and healthy and strong. And I felt like, why can't I just have that? And yet I was not far from it, but I couldn't see it at all. I couldn't see that the wellness was within me all along. I just needed to embrace it and feel it. And that's really what inspired the unicorn syndrome was years into my journey. I became a personal trainer. I did bodybuilding competitions and that journey, although it was very physical and that time focused on external things, it eventually got me into realizing the self-love component, realizing how fundamental spiritual aspects of our life really is spiritual wellness. And so I'm very thankful that my journey led me to that, to that eventually, which is where I am now. But it was this realization one day while I was working out in the gym that I need to just stop comparing myself to all these other women who look a certain way because I'm never going to have their body. We're never going to be the same because we're born unique and different in ourselves. And I just need to accept my body as it is and love it and just do the things to nourish it. And that is enough. (laughs) That's just enough to take care of myself mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And since then, it's been a greater journey of just loving my body, accepting it and feeling good in my skin. And so to me, that's breaking free from that unicorn syndrome. And of course, it's a journey we continue to learn and grow and work on it uh, as as the years go on. It's never, a, you know, I'm done now. I'm always going to be working on this, but it is a true transformation from the inside out. And so yeah. that is what the unicorn syndrome is. Yeah. You know, and there's been a meme going around on social media. Um, it says something to the effect of, I wish I hadn't spent my skinny years thinking I was fat. <laughs> and it's so true. You know, like the younger you are, the less like confident you are, right? Like you haven't, you haven't gained the experience to know that you already are perfect. 
And, um, you know, I didn't struggle with that when I was younger, fortunately. And, um, you know, I just remember, uh, there were like, when I got to high school, I remember girls, you know, comparing weight and it's like, you know, two girls that weigh the same amount can look vastly different. Like your weight doesn't determine what you look like. Right. And it's, um, you know, it's just so fascinating how we do get so hyper-focused on a number. Um, when in reality, it's more about your confidence, your actual wellness, how you feel in your body. And, um, you know, the older I get, the more comfortable I am in my own skin. And, um, you know, the older I get, the more I weigh (laughs) and, um, you know, but it's interesting how the more I weigh, the more comfortable I actually am in my body. Um, and so I find that, you know, so interesting as we get older and we get that wisdom, um, that I wish we'd have that wisdom when we're younger, that, that like, um, emotional maturity, right. To handle how we feel. Um, because I, I, you know, I just like what, at your age of nine, when you were already, you know, worried about the weight, it's like, how different could your life have been if you would have understood the number on the scale doesn't mean anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It really changes everything. And it's, it's so interesting because you're right. Our, our weight really means nothing. And yet there's so much tied to it because mm-hmm. Can take a body weight and be different heights and have different body composition completely. For me, my body weight, especially when I started working out and building muscle, my body weight changed. Like I was so focused on stepping on the scale so often to try to measure that progress. And then when I didn't see a number I wanted, I would overeat because I felt bad because I felt guilty because those were the pattern. And that was so hurtful for my progress because the weight wasn't a reflection of, because so much happens in our body when we're working out or doing meditation practices, those sorts of things that change the chemistry in our body. It doesn't, our weight can sometimes stay the same, but our body composition can change or some one person's healthy, ideal weight. Like what is good for your body is different from person to person. Mm -hmm. And it's really how you feel in your body. And so I love that you have gained that wisdom too um, for yourself. And you see that, wow, I am so confident now in who I am and in my body. And I feel good because that's really what we want is that feeling. And it's not a look that gives us the feeling. It's an internal reflection that gives Mm, us that feeling that we desire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think we've been so ingrained with the the BMI, right? The body mass index, like our traditional doctors, that that's still what they use, even though it has been like completely debunked that it's not an accurate way to like measure someone's health. Um, and I was just talking to a good friend the other day and um, their son is. 17, 16, and he's quite tall. And sorry, I'm there's something happening on my computer screen. Um, so he's quite tall and he's thin. He's he's athletic. So he's like bulkier, right? But but thin. 
And the doctor had a talk with his mom (laughs) that his BMI was too high, that he was starting to become obese. And it's like, you could just tell by looking at him that he's not obese. Um, It's like, we need to just throw that BMI out the window because it's just so inaccurate. It doesn't take all those, you know, like you said, everybody's physiology is so different. Um, And what's healthy for you, you know, there, you could have two people side by side that are five foot, 550 pounds, and one could be obese and one might not be obese, right? Like by, by BMI standards, I'm saying. Um, And so it's just like, why? Why do we still listen to that? Right? Yeah, it's Why are so we still hard. using it. Yeah, it's so hard because too we take doc, especially when it's someone at a young age, mm-hmm. and hears that from a doctor. You really get yes. that like, okay, now what the what's wrong with me? Why am I broken? Why like I'm I'm working out? I love how I feel in my body. What do you mean? And especially if he doesn't have any signs of you know, type diabetes, right. or, you know, different health indicators that is like, why are we, you know, pinpointing this weight as an issue, especially because weight too, you know, quite often when things get pinpointed of, Oh, if your, your weight is not right, then we look at diet and exercise as like, you need to you know, we're cut, cut your diet and increase your exercise, which doesn't take into factors, hormones or gut health or emotional yeah. health because our mm-hmm. body stores emotions in it. And sometimes weight gain is a sign of protection, a sign of comfort. And if we don't replace that with what the actual need and emotional desire is, then that is always going to be present. So there's so much to it in terms of layers and just emotions that, you know, we can't just put a bandaid on it and we can't say one size fits all, which is kind of what the BMI skill does. I love that you mentioned that that is just flawed, (laughs) so flawed in the system. And Mm -hmm. we got to move away from that kind of mindset. And, you know, you mentioned like weight gain and how that can be indicative of comfort and, and, but weight loss also can be right. Like, um, I know so many people who've gone through grieving processes and lost just a ton of weight because they're just simply not hungry and they're not taking care of themselves or depression. Depression can go both ways, right. Can cause weight gain or weight loss. And, and if you don't get to that underlying, the root of it, right. It's not, it's not about the eating. It's, it's about that root and what's you know, what is it your hormones causing the weight gain? Like you might be in a calorie deficit and still gaining weight. Right. And, and doctors, traditional doctors still just don't grasp that you know, their, their whole motto is calories in minus calories out. And that's not always the case. If your hormones are out of whack, um, you know, your blood sugar's out of whack. Like there's so many things that can affect it. Um, that you don't have actual control over because you don't know, right? Um, you don't know until you know. Um, yeah. And so it's just, I feel like there's such a disservice out there. And and you had mentioned something earlier too about when it's the doctor saying it. Mm-hmm. So that doctor saying he's starting to become obese, like that just plants that seed in your head. Like shame on that doctor for saying it in front of the sun, right? Like you can look at this kid and know 
that he's not obese. So why would you say that in front of him? Because now that's in his head. He's worried he's fat. And it just starts the psychological chain reaction. Mm-hmm. And it gets away from the whole aspect of what food is nourishment to food and movement is nourishment for our body. We need that. So we don't want to demonize food, yeah. especially at a young age in terms of, you know, as soon as we start, you know, making those kind of claims. So it's really powerful, the, the thoughts and things that we hear, especially at a young age. And I think it's so yeah. important that we start lifting up younger people and children Mm -hmm. around us at an earlier age of empowering them to be confident in who they are and the decisions they make and understanding how to nourish their bodies from the full spectrum of health um, and how your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health is what holistic health is and how it all plays a role. I think that start, we need to start teaching that at a younger age, really. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, so Allison, when you talk about the unicorn syndrome and, you know, stop trying to be unique because you already are, um, you know, where, where did that, that, that sort of tagline, where, where did that begin to develop for you? How did that start to come to fruition? Absolutely. I was working out in the gym, funny enough, where I got a lot of, for me, that's the place where I, as I found this method of movement for me, that feels really good for my body, which is lifting weights that builds inner and outer confidence for me. I was working out in the gym one day and I thought to myself, in some ways I have for a very long time chased working out with trying to build my body to be like somebody else. And for me, it was, okay, that's not it, that's not working for me. It doesn't work. The moments when I feel my best are the moments when I feel good in my skin and about who I am and what my abilities and skills and capabilities are. So it was, I don't need to try to be like somebody else. I just need to embrace my own strengths. And one part where this really came through into light in a way, not really necessarily related to fitness, but related to who I am was I was always a very quiet, shy, more introverted girl. And to me, that made me not feel special. I felt like I didn't have a voice. I didn't have anything unique to say or perspective. So even in school, I didn't often, even though I was, you know, maybe had the answers, I didn't often put up my hand or speak up in my voice. And that led into my work environment when I graduated and started working in the advertising field. I was still very quiet. I didn't love to put up my hand. And that was just out of my own insecurity of not thinking I was unique or special enough to have a voice and speak out. So what I developed and discovered about myself was actually, I just have very feminine energy. Some people have more masculine energy. I do have some, but for me, my feminine energy is more dominant, but that doesn't need to be a negative thing in terms of not it doesn't mean I don't have something to say. It doesn't mean I can't add value. It doesn't mean I can't help people. It actually means I can connect with them in a very empathetic way, in a very loving, understanding way. And there is so much power in that. So I learned that I didn't need to speak 
loudly or, you know, be overly funny or whatever. I just need to speak from my heart and that will connect with the right people. That will help the right people. That will be a powerful enough message. And so that's unique to me. And so I realized that's my own strength and my own uniqueness. And I don't need to copy somebody else in order to be a leader or be a speaker or be a coach. And so that to me really embraces breaking free from that unicorn syndrome. And so that was my own experience. And I really believe that everybody has their own version of that. Mm -hmm. It may be the opposite. You may be, we're always an introvert. Uh, extrovert and yet someone always told you you were too much you're too loud you mm-hmm. you know girls didn't speak that too way <laughs> yeah too extra and so it's the opposite for you that that's your strength that's where you need to lean into that's when you, you can build your confidence in because that's unique to you so it's it's different for everyone but it's just we all have have that in us you know, and I think it's so interesting how you you spoke to how you would work out and lift weights to try to get your body to look like somebody else's body, right? Even though your body might not be capable of looking like that, right? Like we all, like I said, we all have different physiology. We all have different genetics. Um, and what kind of hit me as you were talking is that woman that you were possibly trying to get her body, right? Because you think she has the perfect body. She might be struggling with the same thing you're struggling with and, and want somebody else's body, right? Like we all have that no matter how much confidence somebody puts out there, we still all have that little voice inside of us that wants to look a little bit like somebody else or act a little bit like somebody else, or, you know, be, be louder or be quieter. Um, we all struggle with that. And, um, I, I, that, that just resonated with me when you're saying you were trying to look like somebody else. And at the same time, they might be trying to look like somebody else. Right. Yeah. It's, it's such a huge realization, the layers of it, which is just so interesting and mind-boggling to think about because it really is true we we each have our own self-doubt and insecurities so we can be looking up to somebody else and we only see the outside of their experience we never know what someone's thinking and feeling on the inside and yet we are we're all thinking and feeling the same things especially now that we're talking about this and sharing this every time I share this conversation with another woman she's like that's how I feel too all the time and so we need to uh, know that this conditioning from diet culture, from the way we've been raised in terms of needing to look up to the certain standard, that that is not real. That is really an illusion that keeps us separated from our source, from our soul. And that's what hurts us. But when we break free from that, when we get clear on who we really are and get comfortable with that, then we can, you know, feel our best selves. And we don't look at other people as, as competition or as better than us. We just see them as unique and beautiful in their own way and know that we're unique and beautiful in our own way too. I think that creates a ripple effect of love really around when we can kind of look at each other with those own, with those eyes. Yeah. I love that. 
So Allison, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for sharing and just, you know, being vulnerable and sharing your, your story and your truth. Um, so for anyone listening that would like to learn more or get in touch with you, uh, your website is allisonwoodley.com. And we do have a clickable link in the show notes for anyone listening. Um, but tell us a little bit about what they can find on your website, what, what offerings you might have. Absolutely. On my website, I have some great free resources too that are always there to download. So I have a self-love guide and also a that's free. And I also have a Facebook community that is open all the time to all women. And it's just a really great place for these kind of conversations. And I love providing knowledge and tools on self-love and the spiritual aspect of accepting yourself. And so those are two great things you can find over there. You can also find ways to work with me in terms of either one-on-one or group coaching. And so you're welcome to hop on over there. I'm also on Instagram, just at Allison.Woodley. And I love to have conversations over there and meet new people. So you can send me a message too, if any of this resonates with you. So thank awesome. you. Well, Allison, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a great conversation and thank you everyone for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to help others who are on their own wellness journey, discover this podcast. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you in the next episode.